Welcome back in to the Tide Talk podcast presented by TideTalkSports.com. I'm your host, Stacy Blackwood, with our good buddy, Ricky Green. Ricky, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's going good. It's starting to feel like we're going to play football this fall, so my, my football happiness meter is slowly but steadily climbing. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, for, for a while, it's looked like... You know, it was really a lot of uncertainty regarding college football, and it seems like the last week or two, uh, things have took a turn in the positive direction. So, so here's to college football. That's what we what we're doing this podcast for to kind of bring you a little bit of insight into what's going on right now, and we're just excited about the possibilities of of having college football this season, and getting to watch our tide play. No doubt about it, man. It feels like it's been so long since we saw the tide roll in and you think about it, it really hasn't been that long. I guess with everything going on, not getting to have that spring camp, it just the distance between the end of the season and now feels like an eternity. Yeah. It, it, it's been the longest off season that I can remember. And like you said, it mostly probably has to do with, with, with COVID-19 and all that's going on in the world. And then you compound that with the fact that there wasn't any spring football. We didn't get to see any of the freshmen that enrolled early you know, you know, take a step on the field and see what they could do. So it's uh, it, we've been waiting a while now and uh, we're not used to having to wait this long. So we're really ready for some college football. I know I've had uh, people on Twitter all day long today, pretty much looking forward to, to getting to hear what we're fixing to get into tonight. Everybody's excited. You know, we don't have any what they call media viewing periods at the practices right now. We're in phase three of the return to normalcy uh, for lack of a better term. Um, And there's not a whole lot going on really, but we are starting to get some word. I've spoke with a couple of different sources today and gathered up as much information as I could. So um, for anybody that's tunes in tonight and here's this episode, if you haven't followed along with us, if you're new following with us, you know, this is kind of a, an area where we can give you something that these other pay sites and, and some of these other uh, media types can't give you. They're not actually able to be at practice during their media viewing period, getting to see what's going on. So the relationships that you build, you know, when you've been doing this for a few years, really start to come into handy in times like this. So I'm, I'm really excited about getting to share some of it tonight with our followers and with Alabama fans all across the country. Absolutely. And before we, we, we dive into that, uh, you know, I wanted to get something out here. You know, I, there's a lot of people that, that love listening to podcasts and maybe some of you that listen have thought about starting your own podcast. And if you're thinking about doing so, I encourage you to head over to Buzzsprout. That's who we use as our hosting platform. They have all the tools necessary to create and, and promote your podcast. I, I mean, they, they, they have great affiliate programs. They have great sponsorships. And, and it's a, at a easy, affordable rate. And, you know, they, they customize uh, your own website for your podcast. Like ours is tidetalk.buzzsprout.com. And, and there you have your complete catalog of episodes. And also you can, you can promote it out to the larger platforms, such as, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. TuneIn Radio, Pandora, iHeartRadio, just whatever platform you can imagine, Buzzsprout is going to help you get it there. And and right now, if you sign up for a 
paid service through Buzzsprout, after you pay your second invoice, you will get a $20 Amazon gift card. You heard me right. After your second paid invoice, you will get a $20 Amazon gift card. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, head over to Buzzsprout.com. All right, Ricky, let's dive into some Alabama football. What you got for us? Let's do it. All right. So, like I said, there's not a lot that's coming out right now, but I, I dug, you know, I told you earlier before we got on stage, I worked 14 and a half hours today, but my <laughs> boss probably wouldn't have been too happy if he'd have been around because I was on the phone digging all day long trying to get this stuff for everybody so they can at least have some sense of what's going on right now. Phase three of the return to football um, right now that we are in we're allowed, I believe, that it is uh, 20 hours a week of actual football-type stuff. And I'm getting real quick here. I'm going to pull this up so I can tell everybody exactly what Phase 3 consists of. All right, so, yeah, 20 hours of countable, athletically-related activities per week. That weekly number includes eight hours of weight training and conditioning, six hours of walkthroughs, and six hours uh, for meetings, which could include meetings with the entire team, position meetings, and even one-on-one meetings, just stuff like that. So most of the work that we've actually been getting to do on the field have been uh, kind of walk-through type situations, just trying to do the installation type stuff that we would typically do in the spring. Of course, we didn't get to do that, so we're kind of having to cram it all in right here before we get ready to hopefully open up the season and watch Alabama roll to another national championship. Um, But the news is starting to to leak out. We've got some 11-on-11 type situations that are happening. And we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Bryce Young is a kid that absolutely, no doubt in my mind, will be an All-American, absolute stud superstar at quarterback for Alabama. But not having that spring camp, is really, really dis—it's a disadvantage not only for Bryce but for the rest of the incoming freshmen as well. That's the time when they typically get to learn without the pressure to perform, and they didn't get to have that. Yeah. So, with that being said, um, really, I was told today that the only quarterback battle that's taking place in Tuscaloosa as of right now is between Paul Tyson and Bryce Young for that backup spot. Mac Jones has took all the reps with the first team. Uh, that we've seen an 11-on-11 action so far and done very well from all reports and everything that I've gathered. Uh, He looks like a seasoned veteran. He's doing everything he's been asked to do. I talked to uh, a couple of different sources today. One guy said that Bryce has kind of struggled a little bit at times in 11-on-11, but that's to be expected. He didn't get the spring, and that is just such a huge deal, getting to have that time to become comfortable with an offense before you're asked to run the offense. So um, quarterback-wise, we'll just start there and get that out of the way. Right now, it's Mac Jones's show, and I've said it before. I'm okay with that. I believe in Mac. He came in a class when we already had Jalen Hurts on campus. Tua Tagovailoa was coming in, and he came in anyway. He wasn't afraid to compete. He's done everything we've asked him to do, and in my opinion, he's earned his shot. And, hey, I'll I'll support whoever Coach Saban says is the man for the job. I don't have – a dog in the fight. Whoever's the right man for the job and can play winning football for the University of Alabama, that's my guy. Absolutely. You know, in, in a lot of people, since Paul Tyson has been on the, the roster, I know it's just been one season, have, have kind of slept on him. I mean, he was a 
He was a four-star talent out of Hewitt Trussell High School. Of course, he's uh, Bear Bryant legacy there. I think he's his great-grandson. So, uh, you know, he's a big, strong-arm quarterback. And uh, I think a lot of people have just kind of slept on him. But obviously, he can play football or he would not be on Alabama's roster right now. No doubt. I mean, he he didn't get this scholarship just because of his relationships to one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. That's not the case here. Like you said, he came out of Hewitt Trustful. I think he had like 20-something offers to schools all across the country. He was being recruited by schools like Notre Dame um, and some really big-time programs. He reminds me a lot of Jake Coker in his build. Mm -hmm. He's six foot five. He's like a young Jake Coker, and I don't know if you and I have talked about it or not before, but I've got a soft spot in my heart for old Coker. He was a, a guy that just wouldn't quit, and to Absolutely. me, Coker displayed the type of courage and the willingness to do whatever it took to win a game for the Tide that just really tugs at my heartstrings, I guess, if you want to call it that. But uh, Paul's <laughs> looking like a young Jake Coker, and he's capable. I will not panic if something happens and we have to see – Paul Tyson in live action. I agree. I agree with you 100%. So, uh, got the quarterback thing out of the way here. We'll continue kind of offensively here with this little nugget. Something that actually surprised me, you were <clears throat> earlier today, I was kind of just trying to get names of who was standing out, who was doing well, who was kind of separating herself. First name, of course, is a name that Bama fans will completely um, expect to hear in Jalen Waddell. No telling what kind of a season that guy's going to have. He's a guy, he can do it all. Absolutely do it all. He's got speed, route running ability, a, a great return specialist. But the second name was the name that really surprised me, and that was Cameron Latu. Um, may even be a surprise to you, Stacey. It's a guy that not a lot of people really maybe even know who Cameron is. You know, he came in as an outside linebacker, converted to tight end prior to last season. But from everything that I'm being told, Cameron is in line to get some serious playing time at tight end this year. And that's a big deal considering that we're returning a senior in Miller Forrestall that's finally helped him back to 100%. I mean, Cameron must really, really be playing well to, to be mentioned in the same sentence as guys like Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I mean, obviously I know who Cameron is. and But like you said, he did come in as a, as a defensive player at outside linebacker and uh, you mentioned he, he made the transition to tight end last season. And, uh, it, you know, it, it is a little surprising that he's sticking out this early on, especially, you know, not having the spring practice, you know, with the position change, even though he did do it last year, you know, not having spring ball probably had a little bit of effect on him. But he's obviously an athletic guy. And, uh, you know, I'm, he kind of got lost in the shuffle, uh, you know, this preseason. You know, everybody's been talking about Miller and Major and, Jaleel Billingsley and guys like that, and nobody's really mentioned Cameron Latou. So uh, it's great to hear somebody at the tight end position, you know, making an early impact there and uh, here leading up to the season. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, kind of sticking with that offensive uh, discussion there, a lot of people are asking about the offensive line, not really getting, you know, a lot as far as who is at which position, but I will say this, everything that I've heard, the expectation in Coach Flood's room this season is to win a Joe Moore Award and a national championship. These, whoever our best five wind up being, 
uh, have the potential to be one of the best offensive lines that we've had since Nick Saban came to Tuscaloosa. So, you know, our running backs, we're super deep. The offensive line is looking to be exceptionally strong. Speaking of running backs, I was told today that Trey Sanders is really, really impressing with his ability to catch the ball. So that's something that, you know, we don't typically think a lot about unless you're talking about a guy like Josh Jacobs that has plays specifically drawn up for that. You don't really think about an Alabama bell cow running back being a true threat as a receiver out of the backfield, but it looks like Sanders has got that as part of his game and is really starting to show that and may really be a threat to do that this year. Yeah, you know, speaking of a threat out of the backfield, towards the end of the season last year, I guess around the LSU game, Najee started showing his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays in the passing game. And and anytime you get an extra guy out there, whether it's in the flats or, you know, on a wheel route out of the backfield, uh, it just it, it it causes more problems for the defense. So uh, I'm excited to see what what Trey Sanders can do. Uh, obviously, he had a lot of hype last fall before he suffered the injury and had to miss the entire season. Uh, but uh, I'm excited to see what Trey Sanders can do in this in this offense. No doubt about it. You know, we've seen the New England Patriots make a living throwing those passes to those backs out of the backfield. And Steve Sarkeesian is an NFL guy. And it's really exciting to think that we finally may have the pieces to see Sark's entire offense. We've got guys that can play tight end. We've got guys that can play H-back. We've got receivers that are out of this world, running backs that can run the ball, catch it just as well as anybody else can. So this offense, even without having a guy like Tua pulling the trigger, has the potential to be one of the better offenses yet again in college football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, there's so many guys, like you've mentioned, that are returning, especially on the, along the offensive line. You know, with Najee being back, Mac has, has enough experience now to where, you know, you can say he's kind of a returning starter. He got four starts last year. So uh, t- definitely excited to see what this offense can do. Uh, I'm really glad that, that Sarkeesian decided to stay around. You know, he had offers to, to go other places, and he decided to stay put. And uh, I think that was a great decision for him, and it's obviously a great decision for, uh, you know, as a benefit for the for the Crimson Tide. So really looking forward to what Sarkeesian can do this season with the offense. Like you said, he's got a multitude of weapons with Waddle and Smitty and uh, Harris and Sanders and, you know, just, just all those guys. And John Mechie, there's, there's plenty of talent. and uh, I have no doubt that, that Sarkeesian is going to take advantage of all that and, uh, you know, have a, have a great season this year. No doubt about it, man. I'm excited about it. I don't think I've been this excited for a season of Alabama football in a long time. Just like we talked about earlier, the, you know, just three or four weeks ago, you and I were talking about, man, are we even going to have a season? Now tomorrow, you know, we've got the, the presidents of the SEC are meeting and voting, and it's actually looking like we're going to have football. So I have really just haven't been this excited in a long, long time. And I think that Barring some unforeseen tragedy, it looks like the Crimson Tide are going to be pretty hard to deal with this season on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, talking about both sides of the ball, we'll, we'll speak a little bit here about the defense. The biggest thing that surprised me that I saw today, um, out of anything that I read or heard, 
was that Ben Davis was taking first-team reps at outside linebacker. To me, that's huge. Ben has been here. This is his fifth year in the program, a five-star coming out of high school. In the age of transferring, every time somebody gets their feelings hurt, Ben stuck it out. And from all indications and everything that I've been told today, he's not only stuck it out, he's up at the front of that line coaching up the young guys and doing everything that this coaching staff has asked him to do. And that's got to make Sal Sinceri happy to know that he's got such a veteran guy up there that he can count on to bring some of these incredible five-star freshmen that we've recruited along and provide that steady hand when he needs it when things get tough. I love it, man. I, I, I'm with you. I love a good a guy that sticks it out, doesn't transfer, doesn't whine, doesn't mope around. I mean, Ben Davis has just been there working for going on five years now, and, and, and now he has his opportunity. And, and like you said, I, it's, it's great to see that. And, you know, how, how great would it be to see a guy that stuck it out the way Ben has and then have a, a real impactful senior season for the Tide? That would be incredible to see. And I'm hoping that's what we get to see this fall. Sort of a, a Cinderella story of, of sorts there. And, you know, right, the, yeah. the deal with Ben has never been if he was athletically gifted enough to do the job. It's never even been that. Ben's deal, from all indications, everything that I've heard, has been kind of a deal, how bad does Ben want it? And it seems mm -hmm. like that switch is finally flipped. You know, his dad is, I believe, still the leading tackler of all time yeah. for the University of Alabama. He is, yep. So there, no doubting, he's got it in his genes. His dad was an incredible football player for Alabama. And I'm just really happy to see Ben finally starting to show that he wants to live up to his potential. Yeah, it's uh, it, like, like you said, it's probably been between the ears uh, for Ben these last few years, and, and hopefully that has changed because, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's 6'4", 250 or so, and just, you know, just a superior athlete. And if he can put it together between the ears, uh, you know, he can be a really good player. And, you know, I remember, I think it was against Mississippi State when he got his sack last year that it, it, it just, it was kind of a, I kind of breathe a sigh of relief for him, you know, yep, that oh, no I made, I made, he made a big play. <laughs> so, yep. you know, I, I hope, I hope that's something that happens a lot this season for Ben and regardless of what happens, I'm glad he stuck it out. I'm glad he, he stayed with the tide and, you know, to continue to work and, and try to fight for a spot there in the starting lineup. And, you know, either way, I, I'm proud that Ben is, uh, you know, a part of the Crimson Tide family. That's right, man. You know, and that's something that's so overlooked um, when you're talking about football. Everybody always wants to know what their stats are. Are they going to get drafted? All of that. One thing that Ben Davis can say for sure, at the very least, is I got a degree from the University of Alabama, and that is super important. You better believe it. You better believe it. So uh, just kind of to keep rolling with the defense thing here, Stacy. Uh, another thing that kind of surprised me, back in the end of last year, uh, you know, there when the season started to close out, there was a lot of talk about Nick Saban and what he wanted to see in his defensive backfield. And I heard from several different people that Saban really wanted to see Patrick Sertain Jr. at the star when we went to nickel. But in order for that to happen, we would have to have someone else be able to step up and play that role of boundary corner. And at least up until this point, 
it sounds like that hasn't really came to fruition. I was told today that Jalen Armour Davis is taking reps at first team at star when we do our work in the nickel package. Uh, Armour Davis is a guy that came in that Nick Saban was very, very high on. Talked about him glowingly when he mentioned him after he signed with Alabama. Uh, kind of caught that little injury. But it looks like he's battled back. He's healthy again. And he's, at the very least for now, kind of locked down that role as the star when we go to nickel, which would leave Patrick Sertain Jr. and Josh Job on the outside. And to me, it's going to be hard to really move pieces around anyway to get much better than that. I mean, we're talking about having Daniel Wright and Battle at safety. Um, we'll have Job on the boundary, Patrick Sertain on the boundary, and when we have that fifth uh, defensive back in that nickel package, Jalen Armour Davis, at least for now, has carved himself out a role there at star. Yeah, that's a, that, that is a really solid secondary. Anytime you got uh, a Patrick Sertain Jr. in your secondary, you're going to have a good secondary. But, I, you know, honestly, I'm glad to see somebody stepping up. And uh, I know Saban mentioned that he did. He would like to see Patrick, you know, play that star position. But it's nice to see somebody step up like Jalen Armour Davis and maybe take over that spot to keep Patrick there at corner and uh, and also have Josh Job at the other corner. And then you got to think of guys like Ronald Williams, the junior college transfer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he's probably going to get several reps there as well. I mean, you don't bring in a Juco guy unless you think he can he can contribute to your team, you know, right away. So, uh, and also Daniel Wright, that's a guy that, that you and I both love. Uh, he's a guy, he's another guy that stuck around when he probably could have transferred out and, and went somewhere else, but he stuck it out and now he's got his chance and, and we're both expecting a big year from Daniel Wright. Yeah, no doubt about it. For a lot of people that, you know, don't really get into digging on these prospects and figuring out who they are and what they're about, people might be surprised to learn that Daniel is actually major rights uh, younger brother, and if that's familiar, it should be because Major Wright was an All-American safety for Florida during the Tim Tebow days. So definitely got, again, the genetics there to be great and some some serious potential in what looks to be a loaded backfield for Nick Saban, not just in our starters, but we've kind of started to build some depth there in that backfield that we haven't had in a while. Uh, people forget about that 2019 signing class think there was five or six defensive backs in that that group guys like DeMarco Hellams and Brandon Turnage uh, that's when Armour Davis came in so really looking to to be solid on the back end and that kind of leads me into to the next little bit of a couple of points here I've always been told that a defensive back's best friend is a pass rush man this defensive line at Alabama is just about scary this season as long as everybody stays healthy oh that's that's one thing i'm looking forward to most is having the opportunity to see what type of pass rush this team can put on you know last year that was kind of a, it, it was kind of feast fan for alabama you know either terrell lewis was on or he wasn't and when he wasn't we could not generate much of a pass rush outside of him and, and anthony jennings and you know uh of course uh christian barmore when, when he would play you know, in his in his spot role, uh, he, he could apply some pressure from the interior of that defensive line, but but nothing like what we're expecting this fall with with all those guys. Uh, you know, not not even just the guys that we brought in here in this 2020 class, but you think about think back to the 2019 class, King Makuda, 
that's a name to keep an eye on. Kevin Harris is another guy that that can get after the passer. So uh, there's plenty of talent there to uh, to to get to see this fall. You know, and we're we're really hoping that they can apply some pressure because, like you said, that's the secondary's best friend. No doubt about it. Now I'm really looking forward to that. I I guess maybe I'm old school, but I still believe you can win a national championship with defense. Coming up, I remember my dad and my grandpa every Saturday would tell me, don't forget, defense wins championships. It just plays over and over in my head, and I'm finally starting to see, Saban talked about it last year, about restoring the Bama factor and how important that was. And to me, one of the pillars of that, one of the most important parts of that Bama factor is having that suffocating, will-breaking defense that for lack of better words, just makes their ass want to quit, man. Saban said it, and and it's true. When you can get a team broken by halftime, it's a long night for the opposition. Yeah, I mean, it's – and like you said, it's been a little different the past few years, and a lot of that has to do with with kind of our change in style on the offensive side of the ball. We've kind of changed our identity in that way. Uh, and I know we've already talked about the offense, but I do feel like we'll probably get, you know, back to more of that ground and pound type offense. Now we're still going to be doing that through spread concepts, but a, a lot more focused on running the ball and being more physical. And I believe that's going to translate to the defensive side as well. I'm with you. Defense wins championships. Uh, I mean, you, you go look the, I, I don't care how long you go back, uh, most of the time, the team with the better defense won the national championship. So uh, it's just it's proven itself over and over again, even in the modern age. So, uh, you know, the Clemson teams that's won it the past few years have had really good defenses. The Alabama teams that's won it the past several years have had good defenses. Uh, LSU, they, their defense, when they were healthy, they were really good last year. So uh, defense wins championships. I'm, I'm a believer in that as well. And uh, I'm really believing that this this next season and 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 beyond is going to be back to the old Bama way that we're used to back when Jonathan Allen and Ryan Anderson and Reuben Foster and Minka Fitzpatrick back when though all of those guys were there. No doubt about it. I, I tell you one thing. I know if there's only one person on planet Earth that's hoping it gets back to that, it's Pete Golden. <laughs> Pete Golden is really hoping that we're headed back in that direction, and I like Pete. I'm not an yeah. anti-Pete guy. Don't get me wrong. I think that Saban sees something in Pete, and I believe in Pete because Saban believes in Pete. That's good enough yep. for me. So hopefully Golden can, you know, round this defense back up, get everybody playing with that passion that we seem to kind of just slightly may have been lacking uh, the past couple of years. And I'll tell you this too, something just completely different that really people don't think about that ties into this whole defensive thing is back to another conversation that we've had, our strength and conditioning program. Um, These guys, Ray and Blue, just seem like they bring that nasty that we have been missing for a couple of seasons now, and that's another thing that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I I believe that Saban hit a – Home, not just a home run, a grand slam with, with Dr. Ray and Coach Blue. I, 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 believe, I truly believe that. I believe that they are going to be critical to this. You know, me, we've talked uh, several times to the third chapter of the Saban Dynasty. I believe they are part of that foundation for that third chapter. And I, I, like I said, I believe Nick Saban hit it out of the park with, with those hires. No doubt about it. 
Well, man, uh, you know, like I said earlier, there's not a whole lot of news leaking out. So I pretty much covered everything that I've got for everybody tonight. Before we even start to get to wrapping things up, I do want to jump into some things that I, I got told right before you and I went on tonight. Uh, as far as the scheduling deal goes, looking like, again, we're going to have football. Uh, some of the guys that are really connected behind the scenes are starting to finally hear some things about what that may look like. And I know I, I texted you earlier, but I want to let everybody else know as well. There's a very good possibility that we could see Alabama adding Florida and Vanderbilt to a conference-only schedule. And that's whether we have 10 conference games plus one or even if it's only 10 conference games, looking at adding Florida and Vanderbilt. Another couple of teams that, you know, Vanderbilt used to be a team that gave Alabama a fit. A fit. I remember back during the, the pre-Saban days, showing up to play Vanderbilt on Saturday wasn't just an easy W. They used to give us a fit, but Florida is a quality team. Another game that just adds to the already brutal schedule that Alabama has to play. You said it before, started naming off the teams we already play, you know, the Mississippi States, LSUs, Georgias, Tennessees, and then you add an opponent like Florida to that could get a little hairy, but I feel like if there's ever been a Nick Saban team that's equipped to deal with that, as long as we're healthy, it's this year's Nick Saban team. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the whole reason behind the, the scheduling change, of course, is is the COVID-19. And, and real quick, uh, I believe this could be something that a lot of listeners could, could take advantage of because of the coronavirus, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody's heard of Instacart. They are a uh, online shopping that would deliver your groceries to your door. I mean, how how much better can grocery shopping get than that? I mean, you can. They have multiple stores that you can choose from, and uh, they they have hand selected shoppers based on your preference. And like I said, they'll deliver to your door as fast as one hour. Uh, and they also highlight deals uh, to to save you money. I mean, it's all about saving you money. And right now, if you'll, if you'll look at the show notes uh, at the end of this podcast, you're going to find a link. And if you click that link, uh, you will get a free delivery on your first order over $35. So wow. right now, you'll get a free delivery on your first order of $35 from Instacart. Like I said, just follow the link in our show notes to get that, uh, get that special, special uh, deal there for a free delivery of anything over $35 from Instacart. But back to the tide. This whole scheduling thing has gone crazy. And of course, the ACC released their schedule today. I believe they're playing a 10 game conference schedule. Is that right, Ricky? I, I read that. Yeah, it, it's yes. looking like just 10 conference games from what yeah, I Yeah, just 10 conference game. And of course, Notre Dame is in that. Uh, and uh, Notre Dame is about the only team that Clemson is going to be playing this season. So, you know, nothing new for them. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, I will say this. Uh, the ACC did lay out a good foundation and a good model for, for some of the other conferences to kind of go by. So I think they did a good job of that. And as far as Alabama goes, if, if they were to add a team like Florida and Vanderbilt, you know, <laughs> like, like Ricky said, we're already playing Georgia and LSU and Auburn and Texas A&M. Uh, that that is a loaded schedule, but I, I, I'm with Ricky. If any team can handle it, it's this it's this team this year. I believe this is a revenge season for Alabama. We believe that it's chapter 
one or, or let's see, section one of chapter three of the Saban Dynasty here at Alabama. There you go. So, uh, regardless of who's on that schedule, I think it's going to be uh, just another W for Alabama. I, I know that's Homer talk. You can call it what you want, but this is revenge season. Nobody's getting in Alabama's way of that national championship. Not even not even COVID nineteen. I guess COVID nineteen is the only thing that could prevent Alabama from winning that natty this year. Absolutely, man. You know that whole Homer deal. Somebody calls me a Homer, I say thank you. You you get into these <laughs> other sites and some of our competition, you know, that have websites that do uh, cover Alabama football and athletics. And those guys at times, I always think about Greg McElroy. Now, I loved Greg when he was at Alabama, but he tries so hard to be objective that he almost comes across like he doesn't love Alabama anymore, like Alabama and him broke up. Yes, I, I don't, don't get me started that. on Greg McElroy. Look, I, I, I mean, just look, love Alabama. If you call me a homer, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say this, and I'm and people, I guess I am taking a shot at Greg McElroy. But <laughs> now, did Greg McElroy come for money? Is his dad, you know, uh, you know, pretty pretty famous there with the Dallas Cowboys and all that? Yes, sure. but Greg McElroy is who he is today because he played quarterback at Alabama for Nick Saban. No doubt. I mean, let's let's not confuse things here. So, I, and Greg McElroy needs to think a little bit about that. Instead of not, instead of trying not to sound like a homer and like a bammer, he needs to just look at thing, things realistically and, and stop kidding himself. He's not fooling anybody. Nobody that, that p- pays close attention to college football takes Greg McElroy seriously because he doesn't look at things objectively. He tries so hard not to be an Alabama homer that he loses sight of the facts about college football and what's going on. And so, I, I mean, I hate to go on a tangent, but Greg McElroy needs to remember who he or why he is who he is. Yep. I mean, Don't I, forget I, I'm not, where you came from. Yeah, I'm, I mean, and, and like you said, I do like Greg McElroy, but he has horrible takes, absolutely horrible takes. I mean, he come out and said Jamie Newman was was uh, far more – uh, a far better quarterback than than Mac Jones. Are you freaking kidding me? Where at Wake I mean, Forest? That's what I'm. I, and who? I mean, who's to say that Jamie Newman's even going to beat out JT Daniels this season? Yeah, Kirby's so, got himself a bit of a mess there. I think. Yeah, he. I. I, I don't know. So Greg just like I said, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent like that, but Greg needs to be. Greg just needs to remember where he come from. It's okay to be a homer. Everybody else, everybody else is. Yep. I mean, who cares? Marcus and all those LSU guys yes. gloat and go on about LSU. Ask Tim Tebow a question about his time at Florida and watch the smile on his face. Yeah. I, I don't you know. know. I don't. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if there's been a bad breakup or <laughs> or or what it is. But uh, I think you know Greg is a smart guy, and I think he might be too smart. If you get too what I'm saying, for his own good. Yep. yeah, I think I think he's just kind of kind of too smart for his own good, like he said. So that was that was an extra five minutes on Greg McElroy for, for everybody listening. <laughs> yep. there you go. We'll hang his picture up and throw darts at it after we get off of this. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, I do appreciate what Greg did for Alabama. He, he, he you know, he wasn't the greatest quarterback, but he did a good job for, for what he what he was and. You know, he took care of the ball and, and all those things. So, I do appreciate what he done at Alabama. No doubt. He won us a national championship um, and upheld the Bama standard that was set by guys before him. 
So his time at Alabama, there's not really a whole lot of bad stuff you can say other than uh, I believe it was McElroy that was our quarterback when Mark Ingram pretty much had to play quarterback and running back to get us a win at South Carolina. Um, yes, yes. Other than that particular game, he did an all right job. I just wish that he would use his position to shine a more positive light on Alabama. That's what bothers me the most. Yep. Is he is in a position where he could not only help with recruiting, um, he could just really do some positive things for the university and the, the athletic program as a whole, and he neglects and, and doesn't do that. So that's kind of why I get a little pickled at old Greg. Yeah, same here, man, same here. Well, uh, like I said, not a whole lot more to come out. I hope, you know, we're, we're in these workouts. Things are starting to come out, so I'm, I'm working hard every day trying to get this content for everybody and keep them up to date. I hope at least they got some sort of uh, uh, information that they were looking for out of tonight's broadcast, and I, I really appreciate you having me on for another talk, Stacy. Anytime I get to talk ball with Stacy or Jake or any of the guys, it's a good time, and we just want you all to join the family. We are kind of living a dream here. I don't have a journalism degree. Stacy knows my background. It's in mechanical engineering. I'm just a regular guy that loves Alabama, that's chasing a dream and getting a chance to do it. So I'm just really tickled to be here. Yeah. You know, I, I echo those, those thoughts from Ricky. Uh, we, we're just doing what we love to do here on the side, kind of as a side gig. And uh, we're not we're not making any money off of it right now. Hopefully, one day it becomes our job job, and uh, we can you can we can make a living doing it that way. But until then, we're going to be doing it right here on on the Tide Talk podcast and on TideTalkSports.com. So make sure you follow us on Tide Talk Sports. You know that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course TideTalkSports.com. You can find us there. You can find all our articles, all our podcasts, and and stuff like that. And, and like I mentioned earlier, uh, head to our show notes in tonight's episode for those special offers from Buzzsprout and Instacart. Uh, you don't want to miss out on those opportunities. Uh, and we just really appreciate everybody being with us tonight and hope everybody has a great evening and roll tide. Yep, absolutely. And I'm going to look into that uh, Instacart deal myself. You know, it, there's not many things in life that I hate more than going to the Walmart. I'd just about rather weed eat in July then go to Walmart. So something that Tide fans definitely need to take advantage of. We appreciate everybody and roll Tide. Roll Tide, Ricky. See you, man.